So I don't know. Have you been on You Me Them Everybody before? If I if I was, it was like when you lived here or something, but probably wow. not. Okay, so I've yeah. known you for almost a decade now, maybe even longer than that. Yeah, I think it's it's coming up on a decade. I, I moved here in two thousand. I moved to Chicago in two thousand ten. Yeah, I think um, and started kind of meeting people through like freelancing for AV Club in like late two thousand ten, early two thousand eleven. Mm-hmm. You wrote the best pull quote I've ever been able to use about you, me, them, everybody that I still use, which used to mean a yeah, lot. Yeah, but all yeah. Yeah. Because it was credited to the AV club, and now that means nothing. Right. <laughs> but you you were very, very yeah. kind. You you did not know who I was, and then you wrote nice words about me. Therefore, I befriended you. Yeah. Look, it's a, you know, I, yeah, I know how this works. You yeah. Know? <laughs> no, but it's also, it's great because you liked very similar stuff to me. Um, yeah. And you exposed me to a lot of great comics and uh, you allowed me to, to do some fun programming at a record store that you used to work for that uh, has long since closed and would definitely be closed thanks to the coronavirus if uh, they weren't already mm-hmm. closed. And since then, you've been a writer for Brady Young Things for a long time uh, and mm. writing about comedy. And more importantly, you have a full-time job in the music industry thanks to your job previously at Saki slash uh the AV club and all those things like you you've been able to finagle out a really cool career based on your passions. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. And now that's over. I think so. I don't know. I hope not. I don't want to work for like an app, you know. <laughs> what would he, that's a really good f- point of view because not a point of view, Jesus Christ. I've been out of it, man. I'm on paternity leave technically still. So yeah. um, I feel like I've been on quarantine for a very long time, and I've right. completely yeah. adjusted to it. I really love it. Yes. But I think I only loved it because no one else was living that life. Right. And so I've already come to grips with like spirituality and food and working out and planning a day mm-hmm. with no inherent structure and having curveballs thrown at you uh, based on nap times. Like I get it. But there was always a light at the end of the tunnel for me with, like, a job, and there was always uh, the the idea of returning back to normalcy. Um, It seems like normalcy is gone. You work in the record – not record industry. You work in the live music field. We're not going to say exactly where you work or what you do, but you work in – you have a good job dealing with live music. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And now that's gone indefinitely. (laughs) Um, As of today – the Milwaukee Summerfest was postponed until September. That, to yeah. me, was the latest thing on the calendar to be moved. Early July, usually. Late yeah. June, early July. Yeah. Okay, so um, how are you feeling as a human being right now? Uh, um, trying to... It, it varies, you know. Um, I, uh, I went through... Um, a situation similar to this one at a, a place I used to work, uh, a different um, uh, company that was a part of the live music industry a few years ago um, in a much uh, different situation. Um, a couple of key staff members left and it caused the entire uh, company to uh, kind of shudder uh, for all intents and purposes. And a lot of people uh, got laid off and uh, slowly kind of left and stuff. So a few years, a little less than two years ago that happened. So uh, I'm just kind of, viewing that almost writ large across the entire industry now um thanks to uh thanks to all the cancellations and 
uncertainty of the uh, caused by the coronavirus. You're you currently have a job. As of yep. this recording, let's let's timestamp this. It is Tuesday, March twenty fourth, twenty twenty. We started recording roughly at four fifty p.m. Eastern time. You're in Chicago, so it's uh, almost mm-hmm. four for you. Um, you have a job as of right now. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. And in theory, you will have a job as long as what? Um, that's a great question. I think as long as uh, my employers see. Uh, the ability or think that they're able to sustain themselves and uh, having a stable of employees uh, while uh, there isn't a lot of money coming in because there aren't any shows happening. Now, I don't know. You work in the live music side. So are you guys get paid after the event happens or do you deal with guarantees? How does it work when there's no money indefinitely? So. So uh, normally how it works is that a show plays out and the artist gets paid and the company uh, booking agents get, uh, you know, take a generally a 10% uh, commission off of that total amount being paid to the artist. And that money uh, only comes through once the show has played out. So if these shows aren't happening, uh, generally there's no money being exchanged, uh, no cancellation fees or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, no money's coming in, you know. And uh, it's a it's a weird time for uh, places all across uh, the industry. You know, it, it it's affecting you know um, everything from you know the entertainment industry. Movies and TVs can't produce new stuff, mm-hmm. so you're going to see those revenue streams drying up soon too. I'm sure. And yeah, it's um, across uh, across different uh, facets. Uh, you're you're seeing it impact basically every element of entertainment. <laughs> When did you freak out? Did you freak out? Or when did you realize this is real? Was it when South by Southwest canceled? That was a big one for a lot of people. That one the and, uh, and Coachella. Because Coachella is like the first big festival of the year. But Coachella they, didn't cancel. Coachella moved it, it to the fall. It right. Yeah. But still, uh, you know, that's a lot of money um, that they pay out to a lot of artists. And, um, you know, it... Uh, that means that money that would be coming in in April is now coming in in uh, you know later in the year, or whatever. Um, yeah, it just kind of uh, you structure your plans for uh, you know things to your business to be uh, actively working, and uh, and uh, you know something like this comes along and really disrupts everything. I'm assuming the last week was mostly just cancellations uh but was there a lot of rebookings have you done anything for stuff that was supposed to go out on the road in april and may is now going out on the road in like november and december yeah the push especially that i'm hearing from um friends that work you know directly with um directly with touring artists and stuff i have friends that tour manage bands and stuff that they're they're freaked out about the loss of income but in the most cases for 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 the people that i know at least they have um, those shows have generally been rescheduled for like late summer, early fall, um, or beyond. So, so you know, uh, stuff. The the goal obviously for everybody involved, the club owners, the, the bands, the agencies. You want to you want to postpone and reschedule as much as possible rather than just outright cancel. Mm-hmm. Now, I have always. I haven't always feared this because to I to fear a pandemic is sort of silly. But mm. my backup plan for everything of the last ten years, because I've been very fortunate to to do fun, silly stuff as a full time job, is like, well, 
when that inevitably ends, I'll just go back to bartending or I'll go back to working at a bar. But now there are no more bars. So like my backup plan is just shrugging the shoulders. I I literally do not know where to go because my entire everything was based in the service industry being uh, behind a bar, working in a bar or restaurant or working for companies that deal with promotion for uh, for theater and live music live and events. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't farm. Fifty people or more. Yes. So this is the part where I'm at. Where like, I guess I'm just a stay-at-home dad now. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, same. I, I, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot to wrap your head around. Now, I've had a big life change in the last year. Um, clearly, with becoming a father. Uh, you have probably the second biggest life change you could have other than having kids, and that's buying property. I think buying property is a bigger life change than getting married, and this is from somebody that's done both. So I'm going to go number one, having kids, number two, buying property, number three, getting married. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I've only done one of those things, and I'm in the process of, of buying property. You're in the midst of because the last time we talked was like right when the coronavirus <laughs> was starting. I think we actually talked about the summer festival season and about how like promising and well-rounded uh-huh. it was. Yep, yeah. How how excited uh and uh how, yeah, looking forward to nice things. And now uh you're in the process of buying. It <laughs> I don't know if this is like the best time to buy or the worst time to buy. I feel like it's not the middle. Yeah, I mean, I I've never done anything like this before. So my girlfriend and I uh have been living in the same um a uh, condo we've been renting from the same um, guy for the last nine years. We've been Jesus. living in this building. Uh, she she lived in this building uh, for a year in a different um, unit in just like a studio apartment. Mm-hmm. We were like, damn, this this is like a great setup, great location. They opened like there's a gr- Trader Joe's across the street from our house that wasn't there when she moved in. So mm-hmm. they just like we we really like where we're at, and uh, we were lucky enough to you know stick around uh, and find this place that we've been living in for for years and years. And our our landlord um, a few months ago hit us up and asked if we had any interest in uh, buying the property, just because he has um, you know too much going on, doesn't feel like being a landlord anymore. Sure. Um, and so basically, it was either buy this place or uh, move. Uh, mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Uh, so we, we elected to buy the place cause, uh, we like it here a lot and, you know, um, it's, uh, yeah, it, it was something, you know, it wasn't the first thing on our, uh, list of, of plans for the year or whatever, but it kind of presented itself and it was something we had to do. Now, uh, <laughs> when you were presented this, no one knew, maybe not even in China, no one really knew what coronavirus was going to do. Uh, yeah. That clearly things have changed now you're in the process of closing right now yes sir yeah that's correct <laughs> has, has has this changed the the financials in any way um when we went and like locked in all of our stuff at the bank or whatever mm-hmm. it was shortly after um the uh the markets began to collapse and all that stuff mm-hmm. and so um it was a good time for interest rates i, was, I started talking about interest rates and stuff like uh like a real, like a real grown up. Um, hashtag adulting, right? Um, so here's the problem I, uh, with you. Stop talking. So yeah, <laughs> I loathe that term so so much for obvious reasons. Yeah, that's and why I, think, I said it exactly. But here's the issue with it. <laughs> I legitimately like Michelle Boutreau and Jordan Carlos, who do a show called Hashtag Adulting. Oh no, that's right. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> so that's the thing. It's like whoa, whoa, whoa. I want to make it clear. 
fucking hate that term. I like those other people, though. Yep. Yeah. I'll go Th- ahead that's and all. jump on that as well. Yep. Okay. Um, I think we should be talking about things like interest rates because um, yeah. growing up, I had no idea how it works, and I think that really handicapped me. And I think my wife and I would have been renting indefinitely if it wasn't for stand-up comedy. Here's how. Uh, a mutual friend of ours, Megan Gailey, was performing in Washington, D.C. one night. And uh, Lisa was on the same show. Lisa Traeger was on the show, another mutual friend. And Lisa invited me out. She says, hey, you should come to this show. And it's like, oh, my wife doesn't feel like it. I'll go alone. And I went to the show. And then after the show, Lisa and Megan were like, you should come to this bar. My brother's a bartender. And I was like, I love free drinks. So we went to that bar. He's a real estate agent. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Michael Gailey. He's a wonderful man. He was just bartending once a week because he loves it. He like he does it for Whoa. the love of the game. Slash, it's really oh fun to get God. friends drunk for free. So uh, yeah. he's an amazing agent. And because of him, we were able to buy our place. It ended up costing way less than we were renting. And yeah. now we have a house. So it, it all because of Michael Gailey, all because of stand-up comics from Chicago. It all relates. Anyways, we should be talking about interest rates. So you got a really good interest rate, but at the same time, are you worried that your property is going to diminish remarkably? Or is the Chicago housing market strong enough where you think it's worth it to roll the dice? I think, uh, A, I don't. I feel too stupid to care about that kind of stuff, property value mm-hmm. and things. Um, Cause it's just like, I like my house and uh, sure I'll buy it, you know? Um, and by house, I mean like one bedroom condo, you know, I, like, <laughs> um, but also, um, you know, we have every intention of sticking around for a few years. The Chicago, you know, Chicago is, uh, you know, especially the area that we live in uh, is, uh, you know, a pretty, desirable area or whatever mm-hmm. and uh yeah I, I i i'm not too overly concerned about that kind of stuff um but yeah i don't know we'll see do you feel more like an adult because you're doing this yeah if only just because of the way people look at me when i talk about buying real estate or mention that i'm buying my house <laughs> i don't feel that different but it, it seems like it makes an impression uh, that I am accomplishing something that, uh, you know, other people or, you know, my, my partner and I, my, my girlfriend, my longtime girlfriend, Lauren, um, and I are, you know, uh, doing, doing things or whatever, you know, did you feel not like an adult before this or, or has this, I know that it says it hasn't really changed your outlook at anything, but yeah. if other people see you differently, that makes me think that you also see yourself slightly differently because, this is a big. This is the biggest thing you've ever done. This is way bigger than like going yeah. to college. Everyone goes, not everyone, yeah. but most people go to college at this point. Not everyone buys. Did you grow up in a in a house that was rented or owned? Owned, yes, yeah. I grew up in the same house the entire time uh, I was uh, with my parents. Maybe that's the thing because I didn't. I grew up with my grandparents and they owned the house, but like my mother's never owned anything, so like it was a huge deal mm. to me. And it's something I literally yeah. never thought was going to happen. Wow. So maybe that's another yeah, reason why like, this global pandemic thing is really making me rethink what I'm going to do because right. if, because it's not like oh I could just get evicted and live in a group house it's like I'm not doing that yeah. <laughs> like it's yeah. a, it's a little different um what we were initially supposed to talk about a few weeks ago uh was a lot lighter but it relates to what we've been talking about the entire time and I know this sounds odd but it's about Pete Davidson's new special mm. we were supposed to talk about this like three weeks ago. But like yeah. my kid got sick or something, I don't remember. And oh, it's fine. He's a baby. Uh, the Pete Davidson special I found to be the most interesting special 
of 2020. Clearly, that's changed. But I asked you to watch the special. You kindly did so. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the Pete Davidson Netflix special? Honestly, I was uh, going into it, like, kind of just rolled my eyes at him, like, as a concept. It just hit, he's not my kind of guy, you know? Mm-hmm. The, like, kind of affable dirtbag uh, uh, persona or whatever. I think partly, at least, because those guys uh, aren't interested in a guy like me also. So why would I, you know, uh, be... Uh, why would I identify in any way with, with a guy like that or whatever? Sure. But uh, I ended up, he, he, he ended up being a lot more, I guess, like self-aware. And, uh, uh, I, 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 I was, I laughed a couple of times, which is more than I could say I was expecting to do. I Good. guess. Um, yeah. The reason why I wanted you to watch it is because five stars <laughs> out of, uh, five. Oh, wow. Perfect. Special. Cool. Um, perfect special. It's not stand up. Yeah, I think yeah, but it's, uh, yeah. I mean, it's like maybe it's half. He, he had he had admitted uh, as much in the in the special. Yeah, right? I don't like. I was completely captivated by every time he was telling a true story that was not supposed to be relatable yeah. in any way. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I want to hear all the Louis C.K. gossip. I want to know all about the Ariana Grande stuff. I'm super interested yeah. in that. I'm super interested yeah. of like your dad's stories because his dad died in 9-11. I'm interested in that stuff. Like that's super. Literally, no one else on the globe could tell those specific yarns, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't give yeah. a shit about you jacking off and all that and drug stuff. No one cares. Fuck whatever. No, no one. But so, what is that? Why am I fascinated by that? Also. Why is it now prerequisite to end most every Netflix special with a goddamn black and white photo montage of sincere moments? <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it, it helps humanize the person, I guess. What is that we, about? Uh, we wanna we wanna identify with our you know parasocial relationships and all that stuff, right? We wanna uh, we wanna feel like they're our friends. We wanna look into their lives so it feels like we're closer to them. Sounds like you're. <laughs> Hashtag adulting. I want to know. (laughs) Clearly, the special of the year, for better or worse, right now is Mark Maron's End Times. I haven't seen that yet. I heard it was good. It's perfectly passable. Hey. The the reason why I wanted to talk to you about this, because you write about comedy. You're super into stand-up. You're not a stand-up, which is so weird. And uh, I think we both agree that Joe... You think I should start? Yeah, now? now is the time, bro. Uh, you should be a bro mic, comic uh, too. Tonight. What's that? Are there open mics right now in Chicago? Serious question. I I I hope I don't know where they would do them. There's still a handful of trivia nights in Washington D.C. I don't see why it'd be any different. Nightmare. Well, the, the uh, bars are not allowed to have people in them. Oh, okay. Yeah, Chicago is yeah. smarter than Washington D.C. right now. Um, yeah. Did you okay? I liked the Pete Davidson special, but it, what? But I wouldn't call it comedy. I, I guess I like hot goss. Yeah, <laughs> just just a guy up there dishing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, has the coronavirus changed your thoughts about stand-up comedy, or could you care less? Uh, I haven't thought critically about anything like that um, in years. I think <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, no, I don't know. Um, I guess I'm consuming more, not stand-up, pure stand-up stuff, but just, like, 
I think because I am at home alone for, you know, eight hours a day now uh, doing work and stuff, I'm listening, I would say, I used to listen exclusively to music while working in the office. Mm -hmm. Um, Now here at home, I find myself listening to more podcasts and I don't want to examine too closely why that is, but I think I just enjoy the company, you know, (laughs) Uh, it's, um, it's, it's, I don't want to think about it too much, but like, it's, it's gotta be something like that. So you're truly working alone. Your partner is, is still leaving the house. Yes. Yes. Do you feel, uh, she works at a hospital actually. (laughs) So do you feel like you probably already have this because she's working at a hospital? Are you concerned anyway? Or like, you're like, I'm in my, what are you early thirties? Uh, you're like, I'm in my early thirties. I don't have a kid. I don't care what happens. Uh, I feel like we were, she's, um, she's quite a germaphobe. She works in like a, the, the lab at the hospital. So yeah, she's not still coming in contact with like, yes, for sure. Um, so she's, a uh, you know, pretty on top of hygiene and stuff. Um, we, we, we were pretty sensitive to the warnings. Like I feel like a day or two before, uh, mm-hmm. it really took hold at least here in Chicago. So I feel, I feel pretty, um, you know, comfortable or whatever, with the the way we've been handling it so far and um you know our health and stuff that can obviously change at any time um but yeah uh i it uh it, it's uh you know we'll see do you think pitchfork music festival is going to happen as scheduled man i fucking hope so <laughs> by then what is that accent i don't know uh, yeah i think I, you've I, been I'm hanging sorry. out with stand-up comedian pete davidson too long <laughs> Uh, I hope so. I hope it doesn't go that, um, that, that, uh, far into, into things. Um, you know, I think the, the initial forecasts were more shooting for like mid to late May. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, we saw Summerfest, as you mentioned, got rescheduled, but, um, I don't know. I, I would be, I would be pretty, uh, disheartened to see uh things uh continue on that way for that long what's the furthest date you guys your company has canceled or postponed oh gosh i don't really look at that side of things but i know i can i can say for certain that stuff is being reconfirmed for the fall like i don't think anybody's like banking on uh you know canceling something for april and rebooking it for june or whatever you know okay so are you worried that any of the artists under your umbrella are going to no longer be together by the time the tour exists because of any number of coronavirus related financial burden? Yeah. Financial burden mostly. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a real concern for, for artists um, that, you know, are below a certain level. Mm -hmm. Um, This is obviously like a hugely unprecedented thing or whatever, but like, yeah, a lot of these people subsidize their, their lives as artists by working in the service industry. Yeah. And uh, so now their two main revenue streams are uh, gone for, for the indefinite future. So it's, it's going to, it's, uh, you know, hopefully we're able to find some relief for uh, the, you know, 30% of people or whatever yeah. that are unemployed or are going to be soon. Well, um, yeah, let's end with something positive. Uh, I'm looking at notes here. Thus far, I don't think we've talked about anything positive. <laughs> oh, what's uh, what's one good podcast episode you've listened to since this whole thing has begun? Something that maybe not everyone knows. So don't just name like an old um, episode. 
Oh, uh, well, <laughs> speaking of the best show, can I do that? Uh, yeah. Tom uh, Sharpling and Julie Klausner just released a preview episode of um, a new show that they're doing called Double Threat. And I'm not sure entirely of the the premise. I think it's basically that they're just like experts on pop culture and, and things like that. And uh, they uh, use their, their, their abilities as uh, pop cultural experts to uh, kind of fix different things. So this first preview episode was them listening to a uh, random um, like true crime storytelling podcast or whatever, and just kind of uh, goofing on uh, kind of how, how corny it was. Um, and it was very funny. I liked them both a lot. So Julie Klausner was kind enough to respond to my booking request a lot. Like maybe that like second, you mean them everybody in New York. So this is like 2011. Um, wow. And I was like, Hey, will you do the show? And she's like, yeah, sure. When is it? And I was like, it's uh, at midnight at Pete's Candy Store. And she's like, midnight, too late. No, thanks. And that was it. 